Women Inseparable, where women connect through the Word of God, with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Confident in His Presence, Episode 14 of the Prayer and Fasting Series. What if we upheld our godly confidence as sweet obedience? Here's Jacqueline. Welcome. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father. Lord, I've had an opportunity to study Joshua for a solid week, and I have a thousand and three things to say. I have three hours worth of conversation that I want to have with my girlfriends today. But God, you've gifted us with 30, 35 minutes today to open up your word as a group of girlfriends, to read through Joshua chapter one and to hear what you have for us to hear. Lord, I pray that you'll silence my thoughts that you'll silence my words, and that you will just give me the mind of Christ, give me your words, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll allow each and every one of us as the hearers of your word today to grow. Grow us one step closer to you. Grow us in your love for us. Grow us in your Holy Spirit's presence within us. And grow us wrapped up in the love of Jesus Christ. I thank you so much, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. I thank you for your resurrection. I thank you for giving us eternal life, even today, that we get to walk in the joy of the Lord, that the joy of the Lord can be our strength. And I thank you that it is. I pray it shall be a Joshua 1 as we lay it at your feet today. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. All right. Last week, we studied Exodus 14 a little while. Do you remember looking over Exodus 14? It took us a little bit of time to get to Exodus 14. <laughs> sometimes we have a chapter to study, and sometimes we don't start with it or do it. No rules. <laughs> but we ended up in Exodus 14, and we talked about the Red Sea, crossing the Red Sea. I want to start our study of Joshua and Exodus 14, and here's why. Something that might be like old hat conversation or news information for you, but something that has blown my mind this week. Joshua was born in Egypt. Jacqueline, we all know that. Blew my mind thinking about that. He was born in Egypt, and he was of military age when the Red Sea split. Joshua's story says, I was born in slavery I was raised in slavery. I became a man in slavery. I was there when Pharaoh said, you're not working hard enough, so I'm going to cut your food and double your workload, ready, go. It's Joshua's story. I never pictured Joshua like that as a malnourished slave under Pharaoh. I picture Joshua as the warrior, strong, courageous, mighty, leader, not slave, not malnourished, not under the thumb of a tyrannical authority. I don't picture that. But that's Joshua's story. Joshua was there when the people cried out when they saw the Egyptians on the hill. He was in that crowd. Doesn't mean he was the one crying out on the hill, but he was in that crowd. He was there when Moses said, Follow me through the dry ground. In the midst of the Red Sea, let's move forward. Joshua was there. He was there when they got to the other side of the Red Sea and the water whew, wiped out his enemy. He saw that. 
At military age, he saw that. He was old enough to say, not, oh, when I was a child, I remember something about the fish in the water swimming past me as I was walking. He was a man remembering this happening. That's a cool story to tell your children. My, my son used to love hearing. Tell me a story about your childhood. <laughs> I played strawberry shortcake. Like. <laughs> so then he'd ask his dad, tell me a story of your childhood. My husband could tell a story. He grew up in the woods in Pennsylvania. His story is extravagant, fun, crazy, weird boy stories. Imagine jo Joshua's stories. Oh yeah, the ground is dry. The water was taller than me on this side. This side. How old were you? Huh? I don't know. I can't answer that. 20s, 30, something like that. Walking through. This was his story. This was his memory. If you do the timeline of the time they get across the Red Sea and they get to the water from the rock, and the Israelites are complaining, and Moses hits the rock and water, Joshua is there. When they get to their first encampment and they set up camp and there's no food and the Israelites were complaining and the manna came and the quail came, Joshua was there. That was his story. He remembers that. That's, that all happened within the first couple of months out of freedom. So there's all these women, all these children, all these men that were slaves in the same situation as Joshua that were now two months out of slavery, roughly two months out of slavery, roughly two months out of living a life of starvation, of being whipped if you weren't working hard enough. That's what the men looked like at this time. At this point, Moses talks to Joshua scripturally for the very first time. This is when we first see Joshua in scripture. How cool is that? I had a fun week, I'm telling you. I got a thousand and three things to say. So Exodus 14, we see Joshua's story. If you go forward a couple of months into the Israelites' freedom, and you go to Exodus 17, and you look at verse 8, Exodus 17, 8. It says, Then Amalek came and fought with Israel. So you've got a nation of weak humans coming out of slavery, humans. Their physical body were not top notch. They weren't where we picture our military men to be. In fact, the Israelites did not have a military. They were under slavery for 430 years. People in slavery do not have a military or else they wouldn't be in slavery. This is what the society looked like. This is what our men looked like at the time. And here they were under attack. In this realm of complaining and bitter, they came under their first attack. Amalek came and fought with Israel. Verse 9. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I, Moses, will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did, as Moses told him, and he fought with Amalek, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Introduce, introduction to Joshua. This is what happens. Moses didn't go up to Joshua and interview him, ask him about his warrior ability, his love for war, for battle. 
There was none of that. There was no, I have a question for you. Would you mind being the captain of this army? It was Joshua, go choose men. I wonder why Moses, other than the fact that God told Moses, you know. But what was it in Joshua that Moses was like, will you go choose men? Will you rise up, create an army out of non-military people and go fight right now? As you are, where you are, go into battle, ready, go. And while you go, I'm going to go up to the hill. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to stand with you. I'm not going to charge with you. I'm going to go over here. I'm going up with my staff. To some people, that would have sounded ridiculous. Like, you're going with your staff, but Joshua saw. <clears throat> Joshua knows what that power meant. It wasn't a stick. It was the power of God. Joshua knew that. Joshua is there during the ten plagues in Egypt. He heard the stories of what happened when Moses dropped his staff and the snakes. He knows all of that. He was old enough to know the power of God in that staff. So Moses says to Joshua, you go find men that are willing to go into war with you, and I'm going to go. And I'm going to go with the staff of God, and I'm going to go with Aaron, and I'm going to go with her, and we're going to pray. And we're going to pray, and we're going to talk to God the whole time you're fighting. Go fight. Joshua says, okay, done. What was it in Joshua that Moses saw that made him think, let me ask this guy, what was it? He wasn't a warrior. At that time, Joshua wasn't a warrior. He was a slave. He wasn't military on any level. He was a slave. But there was something in Joshua that Moses knew, something in Joshua that God knew. And it's the fact that Joshua was prepared for life. He was prepared to be Joshua. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of his upbringing, Joshua was pre prepared to be who he was. And he had no idea that he was a warrior. When you were 20, did you know that who you would be when you were 50? I had no idea when I was 20 that I was going to be called and equipped and led to be a Bible teacher. That's cool. Joshua didn't know that he was a warrior. I wonder if he looked at himself and was like, I'm supposed <laughs> What? <laughs> but he was prepared for life. He was prepared to be Joshua. So that when he was asked, you go choose men, which means you go lead, go create an army. That's what he was told to do. Go create a military. Go form it. Go. It's not a small task. And he did it. Why? He was prepared. In the midst of slavery, he was prepared. In the midst of the Red Sea, he was prepared. In the midst of the people all around him complaining, all around him yelling at Moses, all around him, he was prepared. That says a lot. In the midst of where you are, as you are, are you prepared to be your name? Doesn't matter if you don't think you're a warrior. Are you prepared to be who you are and to see what God sees in you? That's a cool point right there. That's the very first time we see Joshua is Exodus 17, 9. We can go to Exodus 24, 13, and we'll see him again. Exodus 24, 13 says, So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. 
Do you remember the little story of Moses going up to the mountain and being with God for 40 days? And Moses coming down and having to cover himself with a veil. Remember that story? And he gathered 70 elders and he brought up his people with him and he got Joshua and Joshua with him. In this whole story in Exodus 24, he says to these men, you stay here, come up in the mountain with me, but you stay on the mountainside right here and I'm going to go and talk to God for 40 days. But in the midst of that in verse 13, it says, so Moses rose with his assistant Joshua and Moses went up into the mountain of God. So at one point up the hill, he tells the 70, you stay here, and he keeps on going with Joshua side by side, just he and Joshua. And at some point, Joshua came to a stop because it says Moses went and talked to God. But from point A where the 70 are and point where Moses was with God, Joshua was there for 40 days in the mountain. What did he hear? What did Joshua see? Joshua sat literally, physically under Moses and God's conversation. I don't know how close his ear was to that, but God's voice is not quiet. What was Joshua doing for those 40 days by himself, sitting under Moses and God? I don't have that answer. That just blows my mind. This is Joshua. This is his story. And he's not Joshua of Joshua chapter one at this time. He was Joshua, the creator of a brand new army full of recovering slaves. That's Joshua. This is where we see him. Exodus 32:17. This is his third mention, the golden calf. Do you remember what happened while Moses was up talking to God? <laughs> yeah, we know. We know this story. Exodus chapter 32, verse 15. It says, Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tables of the testimony in his hand. Tablets that were written on both sides, on the front and on the back, they were written. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God. Oh, what a cool lesson that would be. It was engraved on the tablets, and then verse 17 says this. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. If you go further up in this chapter, you hear God and Moses talking about these people. And God already heard the noise, and God knew what the noise was. And God already told Moses, there's a noise, and this is what the noise is. But in Joshua's ears, as the new commander of the new military, what did he hear? He heard the sounds of war. That's where his head was. That's where his heart was. That's what he was becoming. He was seeing himself become a man of war, a leader, a protector. He heard his, his people down there shouting, and he says, an attack is coming. He wasn't completely wrong. Satan was taking advantage of God's people. There was an attack going on. That's a different story. Moses knew what was happening, and Joshua says to Moses, there's war going, we have to go down, and Moses is like, okay, let's go. And then we know the rest of the story of what he does with the tablet, what he does with the golden calf. We know that whole story. This is where Joshua was. If we move over to Exodus 33, this is the last time we see Joshua in Exodus. We're not going to go through every time we see him in Numbers because it's about seven times. And we're not going to talk about every time we see him in De Deuteronomy and it's about four times. 
But I think his accounts in Exodus are fascinating because they're his beginning stories. It's his pre-Joshua days. Exodus 33, if we start with verse 7. Now Moses used to take the rent and pitch it outside uh, the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it to the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. So kind of as a disciplinary factor for the Israelites, Moses took the tent of meeting, which is where the Lord resided, where his spirit resided, and moved it outside the camp as like a, a distance in a way. So Moses would go to the tent of meeting every day. And here's what that would happen, verse 8. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each person would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. Could you imagine being one of those people? Watching your leader, your Moses, even though you like maybe complain that day. I don't know if you ever complain. The Israelites are known for complaining. Sometimes I complain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Doesn't matter what their day would happen, rumor would spread. Moses is going to the tent and everybody would stand outside their own tent. They wouldn't follow Moses to the tent. They would stand outside their own tent and watch until Moses was gone inside that tent. Verse 9, when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. That's a good silent statement right there, kind of to sit and ponder with. Verse 10, and when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his own tent. Can you hear that? The sound of that, how beautiful that camp sounded. It doesn't matter if somebody could carry a tune or not. There was worship happening at every door of every tent, every time Moses spoke with God. It makes me wonder how many people are worshiping God when I talk to God. When I'm alone by myself in my quiet place with my God, does that affect my son? Does it cause my husband to worship? Hmm. That's power. And not that we meet with God in our secret place so that others can worship. It's kind of like a side effect. Mm -hmm. There's something happening between you and God that it affects your whole house. Is worship overtaking your home because of your prayer life? I got a note recently saying, I've been listening to your videos listening to this prayer and fasting study, and my husband is growing in God in a way I never thought possible. He's not watching our videos. He's not doing our prayer and fasting study. She is. And she's seen worshiping happening at the tent of the door. How beautiful is that? If there's something to motivate you to get on your knees, on your face before your God, perhaps it's to bring worship to the heart of somebody you love. God's that big. God can do that. Verse 11. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, watch this. When Moses turned again into the camp, he left the tent and returned back to camp. His assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart 
from the tent. And you think, where is Joshua's place? Where was Joshua? Nobody went into that tent but Moses. Moses went in the tent and talked to God face to face as a friend talks to a friend. But yet at this point, anytime Moses left the tent, Joshua wouldn't leave the tent, which means he was in the tent sitting under the conversation of God and Moses. What were Joshua's ears hearing? Does that just give you chills? This is Joshua's story, not Joshua chapter one. This isn't going to happen for another 40 years. This is Joshua pre the wilderness. This is Joshua, a young man in his 20s, in his 30s. This is Joshua's story. This is how his story started. And then we see other facts that we know about Joshua. We see him pop up in Numbers. We see them pop up in Deuteronomy, all of which are about growing, living. It's all living, preparing him 40 years in the wilderness. Have you ever felt like you're not moving fast enough? There's something missing in my life. I'm needing to do more. What am I supposed to be doing? Well, maybe you're supposed to be preparing. Maybe you're supposed to be in the midst. Are you in the midst? And once you get into the place where God calls you to be a warrior, to be a leader, to be a speaker, to be a mom, to be a wife, to be an employee, to be a you, you're still going to be in the midst because you're going to be preparing for your next season in that journey. You're always in the midst. And it is amazing how many verses are in scripture about God being with a person in the midst, in the midst of life, Jesus is there. It's seen throughout scripture. Those three words have blown me away this entire time studying for prayer and fasting. And every week I've asked God, when do I get to talk about in the midst? Do I get to talk about, no, no. But God, I'm using verses every week on the newsletter about in the midst, no, no. This morning God's like, there I am in the midst. I'm like, oh. It doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter as you are. Jesus is with you. Do you know that? He is with you in the midst right now, in that fight, in that conversation, in that prayer, in that job, in that health, in that Red Sea, in the Jordan River. Doesn't matter where you are, God is with you. Do you know that? Are you claiming that? Are you living that? And are you getting prepared to be the warrior that you are? Um, I'm not much of a warrior. Get on your knees and see if you're a warrior. See what happens when your face is on the ground before your king. When you pray a prayer that is just too big for you to even hold and you stand up with peace and you stand up with worship on your lips, you have no right to say, I'm not a warrior. That, my dear, is a warrior. In the midst of your prayer request, in the midst of your supplication, in the midst of your crying out to God, you're a warrior. You're a warrior being prepared to be who you are so that God can prepare you for who you are. And it's cyclical. And it's never ending. And it's preparing you for an eternity today. That's powerful. That's Joshua. In Deuteronomy 31, Joshua was prayed over by Moses. Moses was 120 years old 
and getting ready to die. And God says to Moses in Deuteronomy 31, you're getting ready to die. And you're going to die up on the mountain overlooking the promised land, but you are not going into the promised land. Nor are anybody else, and this is earlier in the book, anybody that was um, born in Egypt will be entering into the promised land only those that were born in the wilderness. So that means anyone who is basically 40 years old and younger went into the promised land. But yet Joshua was born in, the, in Egypt. Joshua was born in Egypt and he went into the promised land. He got the benefits of both lives. He got to say, I remember slavery. I remember the Red Sea. I remember the water from the rock. I remember the manna. I eat it every day. I remember the quail. I know what life is like. I know what this is our normal. All we know is wilderness living. It's all we know. And he got to get men and their families that are 40 and young, younger and say, there's more to life than what you're living. And these people, his now army, his group, his people, had no idea what life would look like outside of the wilderness. None. Imagine that. Have you ever lived a life for a long time and somebody says to you it could be different? And you're like, what does different mean? What does that look like? I was born and raised in Vegas. All I knew. Third generation Vegas baby. I marry a boy from Pennsylvania, small town country boy from Pennsylvania, marries a city girl. That was comical. And he's said to me for years, there's more to life than cement. Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy sitting in my sun chair in my little backyard where eight neighbors and their two-story homes could see me sit on my sun chair in my little backyard. I was perfectly fine with that. It was normal. It's all I knew. And he would sit in the backyard with me where we could, you know, touch our walls. And he would say, do you know we could live somewhere and there'd be nobody behind us? I don't know what that means. And it blew my mind when we moved to Idaho and I had no neighbors behind me. And I'm like, oh, I'm in my sun chair and nobody is watching me. <laughs> oh, this is nice. I had no idea what life was like outside of Vegas, none. It's all I knew, 24 hours a day, stilettos everywhere you go. I have learned, it took me three and a half years to learn what it was like to live in a place of new. I had no idea, no idea. My husband told me for years, this is what life could be. This is ultimately what freedom could be. This is what a new way of life could be. And I'm like, I hear your words, no idea what that means. I'm very happy here. I love my city. I love my city. I don't know what it means. And I came here and I learned, very slowly, <laughs> learned what a new way of life looked like. On to Joshua, and we're gonna just read this and close with his words. Joshua chapter one, verse one, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, what a great title. The Lord said specifically to Joshua, the son of Nun, uh, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. You hear that emotion coming from God, the emotion in Joshua's heart. It's all Joshua knew from the time he crossed the Red Sea. From this day, all he knew was Moses as his leader. Mm -hmm. Moses was his leader, his example for 40 years. And now Moses was dead. 
And at some point, for years before this point, Moses told Joshua, one day, you're going to take these people into the promised land one day. One day that's going to happen, Joshua. One day you're going to do. One day everything you've heard God tell me for 40 years that's going to happen and that's going to happen under your leadership. One day that's going to happen. That one day is here. God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am presently today giving to them. No more promise of the future. It's happening right now. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have already presently given to you, just as I promised to Moses. And then there's detail as to exactly the span. Let me say verse 5. No man, God says, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong and courageous. So often I hear those words being spoken to Joshua, and I think of somebody who's so timid and so nervous and so apprehensive. But the fact of the matter is, Joshua has proved to be a man of strength and a man of confidence and a man of courage since the day we saw him in Exodus 17. He's been prepared for this moment his whole life. I feel like when God was saying this to Joshua, which is just a rehearsal of Deuteronomy 31, little side note, that God knew exactly, that Joshua knew. Yeah, I am strong. I remember when I created this army, you gave me strength. 40 years ago, you gave me strength. Okay, I can be strong. I remember what you did during this battle. Okay, it can be courageous. And it was through those two words that God reminded him of 40 years of growth to prepare him to do his next day, because the day is here, the day is now. Okay, 40 years of preparation for this day. Are you ready? Joshua is ready, we see that. Verse six, he says, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, not to the right hand or to the left hand that you may have good success. He says these very famous words that many of us may have even memorized at one point in our life. And God says to Joshua, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth. Do you see the confidence God has in Joshua? But you shall meditate on it day. You shall meditate on it at night for the purpose of you being careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. What is gonna bring us prosperity and his success? Knowing the law of God. Do you know the law of God? Do you know the word of God? You're here studying it right now. Study the word of God. Verse nine, he finishes up by saying, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commands the officer of the people, 
as a true leader, turns around to tell his next person because the leader of a leader doesn't tell all ranks what to do, right? He knows his rank. And he is the rank as the leader of the army goes to those that are right underneath him. He goes to his team. And he says to his team, it's time. Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go and to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. He gives some more commands, and I want to close with these words. Verse 16, And they answered to Joshua, All that you have commanded us, we will do. If you're a leader, accept the following of those that are following you. Stand strong in that. It takes strength and courage to see people that are following you in your walk with the Lord to say, follow me. And to keep going forward knowing somebody is following you. That takes strength. And not to stumble and be like, oh, I'm not worthy of this. Well, God asked you to be, so be worthy of it. Be strong. Be courageous. Trust the people that are following you as you follow the plan of God for your life. He received that with grace. He says, wherever, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so will we obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you. Pray for your leaders. As he was with Moses, and then it says, whoever rebels against your commandment, this is what the people are saying, whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only you, Joshua, be strong. Joshua, be courageous. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the word of God. We thank you for giving us such leaders, such examples as Joshua back in the day. We thank you for leaders and examples such as Steve Crane today. Lord, you have called and equipped so many that lead us deeper into the word of God, sweeter into the love of Jesus, and more efficient and equipped with the, with the Holy Spirit within us. I thank you for our leadership, and I just pray that you will put your hand of blessing upon them right now. That person that's on our heart that we're thinking, this is our leader. This is the one who's bringing me closer to Jesus. I pray right now that you'll put your hand of blessing upon that person that's on our heart right now. Oh, Lord God, how much I thank you for our leadership. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us as we're in the midst, in the midst of being us. I pray that you'll help us to be prepared to be the person that we are as we are where we are right now so that when our season comes when you say that today i'm going to give this to you today is your day today is the new day of a new season that we'll be ready that we will be strong that we will be courageous and that we'll move forward lord i pray that you'll be with our homes be with the people within our homes I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online.